Thank you, Gina. Yeah, thank you for that. That was amazing. Hey, listeners. There are listeners out there. L- listener or listeners, you know, you know the, put that S inside the parentheses. Yeah, no. Two is... Two, two is plural. Plural. Yeah. Hey, we're back. You're listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. Um, as you may already know, we are a podcast that talks about a horror movie or several, depending on what we're up to, and some recently watched. Uh, thank you to the Moonraves for giving us that song. Intro creature features. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can find their music on Amazon or iTunes. And if you want to say hi, they are The Moon Dash Rays on Facebook. Um, We're not professional critics. We're a bunch of artists and illustrators and comic people. And we draw stuff and then talk. And talk. We watch movies and then we talk about it. Yeah. So I'm Richard. That's Will. Hello. And that over there is Jolian. Over there. He's not Skyping in. In the ether. In my, in my Ramones t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, That's one of my favorite. Right. Your Ramones t-shirt collection. Now, when did we first talk about the Ramones t-shirt being the um, the flag of, of uh, rebellion? Strangers 2 had it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did, did we all not agree on that? Did we did we decry this at some point or forget? I keep all of this straight. Me neither. <laughs> if I did forget for one minute that that was how you indicate your rebellion, then I do apologize. Um, but wear a fucking black flag t-shirt, all right? You know? <laughs> no, or just put a no, band-aid no. across the bridge of your nose and let people wonder. I, I the, uh, like that one. Yeah. A the black tra- eye. <laughs> Go ahead. I saw the trailer for the new uh, the Captain Marvel movie, and she's wearing a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt and oh. i thought oh here we go again yeah but then it's actually set in the 90s i was gonna say so i believe that, it's supposed fine. to be set in the 90s yeah, but that's okay yeah fair enough so um are there i don't know if i don't know new bands i'm sure there's somebody out there oh, there's been some really good albums this year have there good year so far yeah i've uh i've not kept up one of my favorite lot. new bands is uh pigs 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 is that wow. five or six, six, I think. Six pigs. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, Kiss always spelled their name all capitals, but then lightning bolts if they could get them. So I get it. Lightning know? bolts if they could get them. 
they weren't always available. They were not. They weren't included in your standard font set. And never available to them in Germany, by the way. Mm. No. No. That's a thing. Yeah, they they got in trouble for that. And well, they should. Yeah. It's like, what were you guys thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Uh, So this is a show where we're going to talk about a horror movie, but recently watched. Um, Well, is tonight's tonight i say tonight because we record yeah. at night uh-huh. but um is tonight's movie really a movie a a single movie Not so or much. was it three bits of a movie or is it or is it uh, richard matheson just going you know what this is what i do and uh you know dig it or don't you know so yeah is it is it a movie well in the sense that they crammed three things together and made it approximately 90 minutes you know yeah. The ad commercials, it was probably two hours of television. It was, I'm sure. I have some, some information on that, by the way. So. Yeah. And some other information. All right. Yeah. Who but I'm... before we get to that, yeah. you want to discuss what you've watched this week? I ain't watched nothing. Me neither. Other than... Slithless. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe. <laughs> what did what, you watch? Slithus? Slithus. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you seen this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Of course. Uh, I thought so, because you mentioned all Venice, and I hadn't mentioned that it was set in Venice Beach. But uh, a, a creature, a sea creature, comes up out of the canals of Venice. Gets two girls as, a room, as exactly, roommates. Exactly. <laughs> gets two girls as roommates. He has to convince the landlord that he's gay. <laughs> it was sort of progressive for the time, the time being 1977, although it did rely on a lot of, ooh, he's a sea monster kind of humor, whereas now we're, we're all accepting of sea monsters or something. Well, the current administration isn't so accepting of sea monsters. True. And I, but I think all our listeners are sea monster fans. Yeah, mm-hmm. or at least sea monster friendly. Yes. Yeah, I say I've seen it. Not, you know, I, I sounded proud, but uh, I'm not. It's just, <laughs> it's just that you know, it's a, it's a mutant sea monster. You know, I have to see it. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly why I watched it. It's not very good. It's, no. it's kind of the it's way. It's pretty dull. It's yeah. got a couple moments where it's got that kind of uh, quirky. Are they trying to be funny humor that I like in in some independent films? Mm -hmm. Especially independent horror films have that sort of... It's sort of Mm. self-aware, but not quite. But it was no blood rage. Yeah, it's just not witty enough to... Exactly. It's not interesting enough to keep you watching it. And they keep cutting back constantly to the... uh, To the... To the movie itself, like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> like, they're like, I would talk to a guy, and then they'll show you a flashback, yeah. and you're like, I just saw that, right, right. you know? Um, I, I always love the mo- movies and TV shows. They go, oh, this is the big reveal, you know, and then it flashes back to all the clues that oh. shows how clever it's been. And, oh, yeah. That's... You mean like the usual suspects? <laughs> that little... The usual suspects that did it, works. That must have been an early one because that was really impressive. That one works because it didn't just show you the exact same spots mm-hmm. of the movie. It showed you them or it showed you bits that were... were uh, they took on new meaning now with the revelation. Whereas I think what Jolien's referring to is when they just show you flat out 
parts of the movie where you go, yeah, I remember that. That right. was 25 minutes yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that didn't... There's no revelation there. It's because you usually by the time that reveal comes around, you've already figured it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whereas the usual suspects, I don't think anyone had figured out. No. Right. Yeah. yeah. I certainly hadn't. No. And, and we've talked about the sixth sense before. And how yes. It's like... So, I, I didn't get it the first time. I didn't either, but I, I was like, am I the only one who thinks there's a real conspicuous use of red here? You know, like, why is there a red door and why is there a red doorknob and yeah. why is there a big red curtain? It was like, just, yeah, it was the big jump in time that got me. Yeah. That there was a big crazy scene and then all of a sudden we're like talking like it's a year later. Right. It just seemed, it felt so artificial. It tipped me off that something happened and the most obvious thing there was spoiler he was dead yeah so spoilers that's a good thing you bring that up because we will spoil the featured attraction which tonight's going to be dead of night and we'll try not to spoil <laughs> recently watched that was not a recently watched hey, you ought to play a clip from earlier in the show saying we're not going to spoil it you should <laughs> yeah. at this point just like repeat it um, right before we spoil it yeah i think i watched the last episode of ozark okay i think it's it for me this week because i've been working on the coloring book you know mm. just cleaning up some lines fattening some edges um getting it ready because i think if we could have that available by halloween it's going to be a cool thing mm. uh, all right so is that it for your recently watched slithus slithus yeah do, uh, do you recommend this thing no, no. Unfortunately, there's a whole bunch of things on Shutter right now that are in the category of craptacular, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least they, the box art appears to be uh, <laughs> indicating that. Um, and uh, I, I gambled on Slithus, and unfortunately, I lost. It'll happen. You know, it wasn't a great find can't remember the movie i started watching something on shutter and it was about this guy kidnapping this woman and her son and just it, it was so i don't know what it was about it but i just had to shut it off i couldn't handle like too intense it was the the energy of it was i won't say that the movie itself was mean-spirited but the characters sure were well the one guy um so it sometimes you get into something you think uh, I'm going to go along and see what this does. And, and very seldom do I have to shut something off. I wish I could remember what that one was called. Because I kind of want to jump back into it. They, they've uh, uh, got a whole bunch of really good uh, Japanese thrillers on Shudder now. Hmm. Uh, like not horror movies, but uh, they've got the Scorpion series and the uh, Battles Without Honor and Humanity. It's, hmm. my, it's my favorite gangster film series oh, okay from anywhere uh, and the scorpion series like the first two at least are just amazing hmm i've never even heard of them oh yeah uh, yeah definitely check them out and i've got them on blu-ray but i'll check um, them out if they're on they're shutter i mean to that's see fine. On shutter. They're fantastic. yeah yeah um yeah overall we've had pretty good experiences with shutter and uh we should get them as a sponsor <laughs> that would be yeah cool. we should because uh they're pretty good. I figured out what the difference was, why I couldn't find 
on the, uh, the one on Prime because they use a different box art oh. and it's labeled 2009, oh, okay. not 1977. Because that's when they released it on DVD. Yeah. Duh. And then you realize, oh, it's just a recolored box. Yeah. Um, it's the same picture, but instead of green, it's now blue or something. But right. that and the 2009 <clears throat> just threw me off because there's... 15 different movies called Dead of Night. Right. Including a Grateful Dead movie from 1977, which I thought that's a little too real for me. <laughs> I'm going to have to bow out like you're feeling over this kidnap movie. Yeah. They're like, no, I can't handle the laid back tunes of Jerry Garcia and company. Yeah. Me neither. Um, there was uh, something that I wanted to mention about all that was the reason we. The, the reason we were discussing that is because um, you can get Shutter as an add-on to Amazon and watch it on your television, or you and probably through your computer as well. Yeah. Or you can get it to where it's specifically for devices. So if you know you're going to be traveling with laptop, iPad, your phone uh, as your ways to watch things, then um, like I watched it stains the the sand red. Yeah. Uh, when uh, I was on the road for. I think it was Emerald City Comic Con earlier yeah. this year, and I watched it on uh, an iPad, and it was it was cool. It worked as long as you have a good Wi-Fi signal. But anyway, um, um, Netflix uh, October twelfth they they got the uh, miniseries of uh, Haunting of Hill House. Ooh, um, interesting. Yeah, might check that out. Yeah, and I might rewatch the film. Mm. Right now, it's fantastic. <clears throat> So, Jolien, you want to tell us about your recently watched? Uh, yeah, I, I've been finishing up this Halloween book, uh, illustrating it, and um, uh, should be done with that in a few days now. So, uh, should have some more time. So, I've only watched a couple of things. Huh. Uh, start, <laughs> and of course, they had to be good. Because yeah. you, your time is precious. <laughs> right. Yeah, you so, can't watch <laughs> bad things. Like Slithis. Yeah, so Slithis. I watched uh, Breaking. Breaking. <laughs> 1984. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now I've seen Breaking uh, a so long, long time now ago. Now, I, I forget what the sequel to this is called. Can you remind me? Um, I think it's... I believe it's Breaking to Search for Curly's Gold. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. I, Wrath I, of Khan. I, I Rob it. Zombie's 31. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird title. <laughs> It's no weirder than that Fiona Apple album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I learned a neologism from it, uh, which is uh, um, uh, snow clone. Snow clone? Have you heard that? No. Snow clone. Snow clone is where you have a given phrase and you repeat the rhythm of it and some of the words from it, but you, you fit it to any given situation. Uh, so uh, break into electric boogaloo. Yeah, people would replace like any sequel name and then oh, follow yeah. it with Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then and then in the '90s you had the Mother of All, whatever yes. became a right phrase and yeah, uh, you know stuff like that, like such and such on acid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, this this comes from uh, this economist actually came up with a because they were they were looking for some way to name this particular like cliched form of writing mm -hmm. and uh this economist noticed that in so many articles people were like using the uh phrase uh, eskimos of 50 words for snow uh but replacing you know eskimo with 
and snow with whatever. Oh, okay. okay. And uh, this was just happening so much that they... they it was... Yeah, it became, yeah. You know, that they came up with the the idea of calling it a snow clone. Snow clone. Okay. I, I like so, that. I like that, yeah. So, break-in. Uh, as, as you'd imagine, this is uh, directed by a fellow named Joel Silberg. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so this is like based off uh, a German documentary called Breaking and Entering. <laughs> really? Which uh, <laughs> featured a lot of the same artists, you know, dancers and yeah. uh, musicians, including Ice-T, who makes his film debut in the in Breaking. Oh, wow. He, he plays this, uh, his, this rapper who, who, who tells us how his name is spelled. Oh. Yes. And that uh, ice is in cool and tea is hot and... Anyway, um, yeah. So this is this stars Adolfo Shabadu Quinones as Ozone and Michael yep. Buglu Frimp Chambers as Turbo, yeah. And uh, Lucinda Dickey as Special K. Huh. I guess Special K meant something else back then. Yeah, it was a cereal or something, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was before uh, ketamine was. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's before ketamine. I think that's exactly why that I, name I was Special K. I think that that version of special k wasn't till rave culture in the 90s as far as i really i thought it was earlier than that i can't remember it being earlier but but i'm but maybe one of our listeners is a special (laughs) k aficionado will add us do you want me to ask siri no because that worked out so well last time we tried that (laughs) hey siri what the fuck does wtf mean (laughs) so so this, this has got like a this, this has got this this old musical. I mean, this is rushed out. So like, yeah, they they fall back on this this plot that has been using musicals since the thirties. Like, they're going to shut down like the early thirties. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's not the old shut down. Let's put on a show thing. It's mm. the uh, uh, it's the one it's the one about black culture being folded into the mainstream, and then you have all the stuffy white people objecting to it. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, you can you can go back and find like Bing Crosby championing the blues and yeah, Ira Gershwin and George Gershwin doing raps in August and yeah, and, you know it's it's a really old old thing and um, but anyway, you know, it's quite enjoyable. It's got a good oh yeah, got some good stuff in the soundtrack and there's you know you've got actual good dancers in there and yeah, I enjoyed it. It's, it was fun. Uh, and then, uh, if you'd like that, check out Wild Style if it's still on. It was on Netflix, I believe, for a long time. Okay. It's like a 1982 rap movie mm-hmm. made by actual people living, you know, yeah, uh, in the Bronx and Brooklyn in the late 70s. And it's got a lot of like really bad actors, <laughs> and the story's pretty pretty slipshod but it's highly enjoyable okay you know especially if you like early hip-hop yeah yeah i've got a lot of uh, sugar hill yeah yeah that's totally um fab four and all that so yeah that that was fun um and then uh yeah that's all all i've seen outside of uh (laughs) outside of the film of the week oh okay and the film of the week was dead of night (laughs) but um also uh uh, I got this uh, book, um, Von Hoffman's Invasion, which is like um, they've been reprinting various um, British comics from the 60s and 70s oh, and these nice new editions. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, a lot of my 
favourites were these these monster comics, and the this one's drawn by Eric Bradbury, but it's very much in the same style as the the, uh, the Spanish artists of the time, like Solano Lopez. Very dark, like, you know, lots of high high percentage of black in the on the page, and uh, you know, lots of monsters in it. And then uh, good the, gestalt. The next uh, volume is uh, Black Max, which is this great is this uh, World War One series where this like oh, Germans okay. got these giant bats. Oh man! Uh, to fly with, and it's got it's got an ad in the back of that that book. Oh. But uh, yeah, so that's good. Uh, and then I've been listening to a lot of uh, podcasts while I've been drawing. So um, uh, Dana Gould and um, uh, have you have you heard uh, Attack of the Queer Wolf? No. Yeah, uh, it's really good. Um, they're really insightful and uh, they're they're very funny. Uh, oh, good! I'll check them out. But um, yeah, the the last episode I listened to was uh, about the Lost Boys. Oh, but, good. Uh, uh, the basic approach is to to look at horror movies that they reckon have a there's some some gay quotient in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the main characters, or there's some subversive message, or or something, yeah. some 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 form of representation, and, uh, and they 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 look at how the movie treats it. And, uh, yeah. so, so Lost Boys is a pretty obvious one to do. And, oh yeah. Uh, uh, before that, they did uh, High Tension. Oh, that I have not seen yet. Um, Turn it, it off before the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's all I can say. High Tension, pretty good. Mm-hmm. But turn it off before the end. Okay. For the big reveal. Yeah. I don't rem- I don't know quite when that happens, but you'll you'll be able to tell. And then just turn it off. Yeah. They're like, what are we going to do with this box of babies? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because my friend showed me that, and that was one of those that was like, Wow, this is well done, and uh-huh. then we get to the end, and yeah, yeah, it you... is it is truly a gut punch for a movie, but it makes no sense. You want you want to watch it with with no throwable objects near you, otherwise you'll lose your TV. Yes, the the original French title translates to "fuck this movie." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that's what you feel like. Because that is exactly it. Ooh, it. Oh man. It's still visceral to this day of of how that ending mm-hmm. leaves you feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so that that one and uh, Werewolf Ambulance. Yes, of course. Um, yeah, Shockwaves. I've heard of one. I've not gotten a chance to listen to it called the Sequelizers. Okay. It's a uh, podcast. Uh, a group of, uh, I think, five British guys sit around and talk about sequels to movies. And what went wrong, and kind of what they would do different. Oh, that's which good. Sounds like what we do sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. The sequelizer. We do it without even trying. Yeah. So yeah. I've not gotten a chance to listen to them because I've been at the museum and they frown upon you listening to podcasts. Uh, well, they're a little stuffy themselves, aren't they? Yeah. It's jazz or classical. Uh, Attack of the Quill, they talk about uh, uh, one of their friends came up with the term cycles. Uh, which Cycle. is like a kind of side story oh, to cycles. the film you're, you're watching, which uh, goes into these things that you wanted to see more of. Or... I like that. Cycles. Like, we yeah. we didn't get to see much of Evil Ed in his own environment in... Uh, um, Fright Night? Fright Night. Wow. Drawing a blank. <laughs> well, like, like you have the, a stroke right now on air? Lo- Maybe. Lost Boys, they wanted to see the story of the uh, delivery boy who brings their Chinese food to their lair. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a great example. Um, let's talk about Dead of Night. 
Um, so I looked this up. The oh, reason- so you, you watched Dead of Night? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait, was this week's movie Dead of Night? Yeah. 2009? Well. 1974? 1977. 1977. Grateful Dead? <laughs> Just- 19, or I mean 2011? <laughs> 1911. 1977. I'm just going to say dates. Okay. So I I suggest I said Dead of Night was on Shudder. Yeah. And I said this week I've watched uh, Ghost Stories. Mm-hmm. And you said, oh, let's do that one. So I thought you meant Ghost Stories. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I was going to say I, <laughs> I got the thread right here, and I'm pretty sure I was clear, but that doesn't matter. We're not going to we're not going to go back and forth about that. But you did watch it. Dead of Night. No. Mm-mm. Then you're going to no. you're going to talk about Ghost Stories, and we're going to talk yep. about Dead of Night. Sure. Oh, okay. shit, man. We're going to spoil this for you if we okay. say too much. Should we just not reveal any of the endings? Uh, That's hard to do. It's all right. The two that don't matter, we can uh, reveal. came out in 1977 on television. Yeah, so it's my own fault for not being an American television watcher in uh, Yeah, you should have been all over this. I've never seen it before. Um, no, I don't know that we should spoil things out of politeness. But at the same time, there's nothing really there to spoil okay it's pretty slight you won't be terribly um, surprised That's unfortunately dead of night i can dispense pretty quickly it looks good i don't care for the anthology movie you give me three stories so this it felt is from like the fellow who did trilogy of terror which right. was really good right had, well at least had that classic final story yeah yeah and then he also did trilogy of terror 2 which i wasn't Nearly as keen on. I don't even remember that. And he also one. did the Dark Shadows. Yeah, this is definitely. Uh, it's the same format. It's three stories, in uh, you know, in ninety minutes. So you get half an hour for each story. The first story. Uh, but you know, they turned that into two hours of television. Yeah, the first story was uh, Ed Begley Jr. fixes an old car and goes back in time. Mm-hmm. It's a setup. Can yeah. I point out that it was not an electric car? Yes. So, this is what made him drive an electric car. Oh, I was going to say, I had trouble suspending my disbelief. but <laughs> This was before, you have to understand, this was before. Once he saw the time travel aspects, he was like, no, an electric car, you find out in the movie, you can't take an old, you can't take a new car back in time. Mm. Because there were no so this new sounds cars. more like Twilight Zone than a horror story. It's like a really mild, mild Twilight Zone. It's very mild. It was very... Um, yeah, it felt like a pilot for maybe a series. Like they wanted to do kind of a TV series. What was that one about the talking car? That was like? Oh, Knight Rider? No, it was like a 60s... My Mother uh, the Car? Yeah. Oh, where it was like haunted... It's yeah, well, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. was it haunted? I never yeah. saw an episode. I don't know. Um, it had Fred Gwynn in it, didn't it? Herman Munster. No, is that cor- had, Car Forty Five? That's or? Car Fifty Four. Car Fifty Four. Okay. No, it had Dick Van Dyke in it. Okay. Or not Dick Van Dyke. Dick Jerry Van Dyke. Oh, okay. And my mother, the car. I never watched one. It's yeah. one of those that was before my time. Same. And I don't think it was syndicated much. Mm. I just saw it on. It was. I think it was a show about like uh, wacky ideas. Of yeah, TV that's series. That's, that's where I've seen bits from it. You know, yeah. like uh, oh, who can believe they <laughs> make this show? But they were trying all sorts of high concept shows like that in the sixties. You know, Gilligan's Island kind of. I dream a genie thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, which did get syndicated a lot. 
And people drew the line at reincarnated mother as a car. No, they they want hot blondes as supernatural women in the lives of stuffy, uptight dudes in suits. Yeah, don't we all? Yeah, I guess that's how it works. Um, okay, so Dead of Night. Uh, we won't we won't spoil the good one. Dead me. of Night. Okay. Um, this Colin Ghost uh, Stories. This originally aired parentheses March 1977, March 29th, 1977, which was a Tuesday. So I did a little research and I tried to find out. <laughs> you read it as Zodiac. Um, well, I tried to find out what exactly would would have been the time slot for this, and I and I kept thinking NBC Night at the Movies. They used to do that. Mm, yeah, had like a had like a music and a logo and everything, and then mm-hmm. they would be like tonight's movie is, and then you'd be like, ooh, what's it going to be? If you hadn't looked uh, in the, in the TV guide, it would always be. Well, it would usually be some crap. Um, this one um, probably aired at 9 p.m. Uh, after Man from Atlantis. Oh. And uh, the time slot that I was able to find, a generic time slot, was, quote, event and miniseries programming, end quote. Uh, so this would have been that. Yeah. Um, so it would have been NBC Night at the Movies. Uh, did you look up anything it was running against? Uh, I did, and I actually screen captured some of it and didn't print it out. Uh-huh. It didn't matter. It was a bunch of garbage. I mean, TV was terrible. <laughs> TV was pretty bad. Yeah. Okay, I remember Man from Atlantis. Was that any good? I never it watched like it. Patrick Duffy. Duffy. Yeah. Wow. I, I can remember enjoying the pilot because he, he gets uh, he gets stranded on shore for a while and he starts really choking and, and turning weird like colors. Is it like a ripoff of Namor? Namor? Roman. <laughs> was it was it before Luke and the Wolf Boy? This was like back when they were trying out lots of superhero yeah. shows. Because it sounds like the seventy seven. It was like Spider Man, Hulk, and yeah. Wonder Woman, and Doctor Strange, and whatever. Ooh, that Doctor Strange one looks good. Mm. You, I've not watched okay. it. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Oh, well, maybe. Did, well, I, I brought it along, and then I, I, I gave it that rave review of uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of, kind of dull. Oh, that's right, you did and, watch and said, it, yeah. And uh, I offered to lend it to you. That's said, right, no. that's right. I remember now. <laughs> Somebody just something I watched just showed some clips from it recently, some review, mm. and they were talking about the newer Doctor Strange, but they kept cutting in clips of that. Okay. Whenever uh, They were talking about Infinity War, mm. but since they don't have clips of Infinity War okay. at the time, because it was when it came out, they were just doing clips from like that old Thor movie, and oh. Spider-Man, <laughs> oh, you know... <laughs> Spider-Man from the Electric Company. Yeah, well, the, yeah, the 1977 one, the one oh. with the guy with the big hair, oh, okay. climbed on the floor. Uh huh. Had terrible. the string that shot out of his wrist. Have you seen the Japanese one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was and he's got there. like a robot, doesn't he? Yeah, Leopoldum. Yes. Yeah, but they love the stunts of that much way better, and they have, they have actually, you know, he fights monsters instead of just ordinary guys. Yeah. Ugh. I imagine. It couldn't be worse. <laughs> so what did you think of this first story with Ed Begley Jr.? Uh, I like this one the best. Uh, out of the three? Out like, of the three. Okay. Um, I just wish it was a full-length movie. Don't give me just a bite. Right. Um, Do you wish it had gotten a little spooky? Or more uh, weird or something sinister going on? Yeah, certainly. It could have. It was. It was one of those Twilight Zone wistful ones, 
rather than the spooky ones. Yeah, like the Willoughby episode. Yeah, the kick the can. Next Stop Willoughby, I think it's called. It uh, reminded me a lot of that. Of yeah. course, I think Richard Matheson may have written that one as well. Probably. Um, what was interesting about this to me, uh, you know, it felt like um, Amazing Stories or, like you said, A Mild Twilight Zone. It felt like one of those. But what was interesting... <laughs> I to- wish there was a show called... A mild twilight zone <laughs> where things are just a little off, and you go, "Hey, I can live with it." It was a little like, strange, but you know, probably could explain it. Yeah, <laughs> so saw I, some lights in the yard. Yeah, yeah. a dog stopped barking. It was weird. <laughs> it was weird, but, but it wasn't really, really anything that good. weird. In fact, I didn't even think of mentioning it. I have a story like that actually. I have a mild twilight zone. Do you? Yes. When we came back from New Mexico, we stopped in Santa Fe. And the next morning, uh, we went to an Airbnb. And the next morning, we went to a coffee shop. And I was sitting there with my coffee and my whatever little muffin thing. And uh, Jean was sitting across from me. And I could see the counter. And the, the girl working at the coffee shop was away from the counter and a croissant went flying off the counter. And she was nowhere near it. And I went, wow. And I went and picked it up, and I said, this flew off the counter. She goes, oh, that's weird. The other night, uh, somebody came and knocked on my door, but there was no light under the door. Like, there was no shadow under the door. Oh. And there was nobody there. It was the croissant demon. And, uh, and I was like, wow, that's weird. And yet, being the mild Twilight Zone... Never told anyone this because it was so mild. <laughs> Even though it was, if you stop and think about it, it's pretty weird. Nothing. I don't know how to explain it. It does go against the laws of physics. Yeah, I mean, it was just sitting there on the counter and it flew a couple feet. Like wow. somebody tossed it and nobody was near it. It was a weird thing, but... That's excellent. Mild twilight zone. I wow. like this. I want to <laughs> I, I want to look this up and see if that place has got a reputation for being haunted. Maybe. Yeah. Um, or is it just the pastries? Yeah. Or maybe there's a lot of flies and they took off. I think it was called the coffee wheel. <laughs> okay, we'll look I, that I up. I saw on, on the news this week, like they're auctioning off a whole bunch of things in the Titanic. Yeah. Oh. You know, that, that seems sh- like a spooky thing yeah. to have. Yeah. And Life rafts. And somewhat disrespectful. <laughs> a door. Gold teeth. Yeah, it's like, uh, there's always like, they're showing all these like bits of clothing and stuff. And mm. so, I hope that's haunted. Yeah, yeah, I imagine. So um, here's what was interesting about the story to me. So Ed Begley Jr.'s character uh, is talking to some farmer, and I don't know how he gets on this, where they're talking about, oh, you got any old cars around here? Or, oh, someone told me you have some old cars. Yeah. He's like, oh, I got one in the barn, and it's a, a Jordan Playboy. Yes. Which was an actual car. I looked it up. Um, it just, when they were doing the roadsters in the twenties, you know, everybody had to have like the really cool fast car. Yeah. And, um, he buys this for a hundred bucks cause he's going to restore it. And he's like, Oh, mister, I'm going to restore this thing. Like it was new. It was hit by a train. Yeah. By a guy speeding, trying to race, the trying train. to race the train who killed himself and his girlfriend. Yeah. And the car got flipped, but didn't get completely ruined, but it got yeah. messed up enough to where no one was going to anyway, fix it. Anyway, Ed Bagley does a bunch of wheeling, dealing, trading with people, spends about a year fixing it up. And they, so they, um, he's, this is told with a voiceover by him, 
at Begley Jr. Uh, as he's polishing the car, it's done. It's fully restored. So he's like, yeah, here, here it is. And, you know, and here's what I went through to do it and blah, blah, blah. One of the first things they show in his restoration is he's uncrating a wheel that he clearly bought from somebody in the classified ads out of some magazine or something. Yeah. He it, says he traded somebody for a... Yeah. Some Packard parts or something. Yeah. Um, the address is to him in... Uh, it's spelled Cairo, like Cairo, Egypt, but it, but they pronounce it Cairo. Cairo, Illinois. Yeah. It is the murder capital of, like, the entire Midwest. Really? It is bizarre. All right. I recognize the name of this town right away. This was in Amer- American Gods. And I saw that when I did a little more research on it, that it is mentioned in American Gods, mm. which I haven't watched I, or I, read. I've just read it. Yeah, okay. Um, it's, um, it's a town that's at the confluence of the Ohio and Mississippi rivers. And uh, Mark Twain wrote about it. He did. In fact, um, uh, Adventures of Huckleberry. That's where I know where Cairo comes from. Okay, cool. Um, it was, um, let's see, it was uh, Huck and Jim in, in uh, the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Uh, Huck and Jim were going to paddle there. And then they end up going the wrong way and ending up in super duper racist Arkansas. Yeah. And uh, things don't go. Not like <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> Which was, it was a bastion of progressive ideas but i suppose maybe it was a bit uh, more than arkansas maybe a little and who's counting at that point you know it's like uh from really bad to horribly bad uh i think caro was out of the frying pan sort of thing yeah and into an even worse frying pan um there's some f- <laughs> let me read these factoids to you this is a uh, crime in caro hope Illinois. we have no listeners there uh well Feel free to contact us if you're living in Carol. At me. Yeah, <laughs> at us. At us. We, we are Con- at... And contact us while you still have the chance. Yeah, Get out. before Get someone out murders you. Um, we are chewing the scenery on Instagram. That's a good way to reach us. Um, crime is ranked on a scale of one, which would be low, to 100, which is high. Sounds okay. like an unnecessarily big scale. The U.S. average for violent crime, 31.1. That's the U.S. average. Caro, Illinois, 89.4, bitches. 89? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. The streets must run red with blood. What's the population there? Well, if there's any... Four? St- if they haven't stolen the streets. Um, property crime? U.S. average is 38.1. Caro, 94.0. Oh, well, that's just a bunch of graffiti. Mm, property crime could be... Um, uh, burglary, larceny, theft, motor vehicle theft, and arson. Oh, I guess yeah. not. So the um, uh, theft type offenses is, is taking of money or property, but there's no force or threat against the victims. Yeah. If you do use force or threat, then that goes into the violent crime ca- yes. category. So that being said, um, learn that it, in court. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, <coughs> so that being said, uh, I don't know what. Ed Begley's character is doing in Caro. It doesn't look terribly violent while he's there. That's why he's making a car. He wants to get out. (laughs) He's trying to reach escape velocity. Uh, But he does end up taking the car for a drive at night on what would have been considered the highway at the time. And then he ends up in the next town in 1926. Okay. And then he takes the old road with the old plates. And he goes back in time. Yeah. And um, a lot like somewhere in time. Uh huh. A lot like, like that the movie. Penny. Yeah. Which or the watch. 
Yeah, he had a watch that was miraculously unaging or whatever, even though yeah. it would have been like 140 years old by then or something. <laughs> yeah, and Christopher Reeve was uh, wearing the closest thing to the proper costume he could find and he it was, i did it like was that bit of the film that they all made fun of him because his clothes are like 10 years out of date yeah you know he just uh, looked foolish um so but so, clearly uh ed bagley jr fucked up the timeline and that's why cairo is so violent now. violent now that's don't bad. time travel it's just like back to the future too it's the butterfly effect right uh-huh you're going to end up with Biff as president. Yeah. Well, you know, Biff or someone else with a shitty hairdo. Um, <laughs> you should just refer to him as Biff from now on. I think so. <laughs> for the for the remaining days uh, that he has left. So, um, Years. <laughs> so this movie, uh, or this segment of the movie, takes us to the 1920s very briefly. Uh, the guy who actually originally owned the car, of course, comes out and hops in his car and takes off. Did he, or did he steal it? No, it was his right. It was rightfully his car. Okay. So he was kind of returning the car to where it belonged. Uh, now would it have been like a weird thing? Like the car should have been in the same space. Yeah. Wouldn't there have been two cars then? Would one of them have a goatee? Yes. I don't know how this shit works, but. I guess it would. Ed Begley should have it. Should have had a goatee. <laughs> so does he meet his parents and he has to try and make them date? No, he saves uh, his future girlfriend's grandparents from dying, so he gets a girlfriend out of the deal. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Good idea. And he gets the Jordan Playboy back to restore it again. Mm-hmm. So uh, there you go. Wouldn't it be older now? It's it's the it's the mild Twilight Zone. <laughs> so. <laughs> And then the next story uh, um, is, the, uh, of uh, course, there isn't... It's called No Such Thing as a Vampire. No Such Thing as a Vampire. Mm. You want to summarize this one for us? Uh, it's got Patrick McNee in it. Patrick McNee and uh, Elias Cook. Uh, is that that cat's name? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Isn't that... He's a bunch of noirs. Oh, Elijah Cook Jr. Elijah Cook. That's it. Okay. Yes, he's fantastic. Yeah. And Horst Bushels. I don't know anybody else in that. Magnificent but... Seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the young guys in that. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, anyway, I don't care for this one. Uh, although, strangely, I thought this one would have made a good full-length movie. Yeah. Because he could have set things up and explored it. Yeah. Basically, Patrick McNee's wife is certain she's been attacked by a vampire he calls in the vampire expert explains to the vampire expert that his wife's been attacked by well he's not a vampire expert he's just some other scientist yeah but he calls him in poisons him puts some blood on his lips and has uh elijah cook kill him and then he he's like hey look he's a vampire check yeah, it out it was hmm. It was dumb because there was like no setup for any of it. It just happened. Yeah. And you didn't care what was going on. But if it had been a 90 minute movie, I think it could have been pretty effective. Well, they could. Yeah. They could have made us wonder if there was really vampirism. Yeah. At play. Exactly. They, They could have made us wonder 
what's bugging him and what's his deal. And yeah. then, then we would find out about the affair, uh, let that kind of unfold or get hinted at, you know? Yeah. It could, yeah, it could make a, a better, longer story. You know, and, and the same with the last story in this. Yeah, um, about that Bobby. One. Yeah. Uh, Whatever it's called. So I, I made a few notes for myself here. Um, this one is called Bobby. We had a hard time remembering this one, and we just watched this last night. <laughs> We're like, what was the third story before you guys picked me up? What was the third story? Uh, there was the vampire one and the one with the car. What's the third one? That's uh, one with that shitty kid. Yes, Bobby. Yeah. Um, uh, mom's lost her son, and she uses black magic to bring him back. Yeah, and That's he comes back wrong. Yeah. Yes. To which my note says, "Well, duh, Satanism. <laughs> How did you think it was going to go?" Although I did, I did appreciate her circles on the floor. They were They're, well done. Those were perfect. She used a string and a nail. For sure. To mark those circles out. Yeah. And that could be a good uh, tea towel for your uh, printing business. Yeah. Duh, Ooh. Satanism. Yeah, duh, Satanism. Duh, Satanism. <laughs> <laughs> um, my other note was, uh, as much as duh, this... evil. <laughs> as much as this preteen says, Mommy, I was ready to fucking drown in myself. Yes. Mommy, Mommy. Yeah. Uh, turns out she drowned her kid and the boy... Spirit sent a demon in its place to kill mommy. Wow. Again, would have been a much better story if they had stretched it out. Yeah, build the dread. You could really build the dread. You could make him think, like, because she at first, the boy tells her that some people had him, which in itself is kind of sinister. And then you're like, oh, well, maybe he didn't really drown. And you would wonder what was happening. Yeah. Again, uh, trying to get this. Across in 30 minutes, just... With a woman who's terrible at hiding and defending herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even that. At that point, I didn't care. This kid the was... wheels had fallen off so bad, I just <laughs> yeah. didn't care. Yeah, what he, he just kept Bad saying... acting or shrieking mommy all the time. And all that neener, neener, neener chanting he was doing. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's... I did like when he was on the phone as the dad. Yeah. He... What are you talking about? He keeps repeating what she's saying. Yeah, everything she said, he'd repeat it back. And after about the fourth or fifth one, you could She's see like, it. Why are you repeating what I say? Repeating oh. what you say? <laughs> Stop repeating what I say. Stop repeating what you say? Because <laughs> this is the mild twilight zone <laughs> where the devil calls you and he just repeats what you say till you hang up. Yeah, like that was weird. I was super annoyed. I man. was really annoyed how he kept repeating what I was yeah. saying. So he was evil and sinister. No, just really annoying. He just he wants annoying. to sell me on insurance. Oh, <laughs> the mild twilight zone. So uh, it's William Shatner experiencing mild turbulence. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's over oh. now. Wow. So that was your least favorite of the three. Everybody else who who uh, wrote in like little comments or reviews about this that was their favorite of the really three. or the one that scared them or traumatized them as a kid. I never saw it as a kid, so it didn't get me. Uh, I could see that one being scary to a kid. Nobody remembers the other two stories in Trilogy of Terror. Just the one with the doll. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I was gonna yeah. say this one. Yeah, I would have thought that the vampire one would have been remembered. Mm-hmm. Um. 
but I guess it wasn't spooky. I could totally see if you watch this one, that one with the little kid, because he has a demon face at the end. Oh, yeah. And you, that'd be kind of spooky. Oh, that would freak a And kid the way out. he was chasing his mom around, I think that'd be a little unnerving. If you were a child and you were used to stuff in the 70s. Yeah. Which was all mild Twilight Zone, kind of. Except Salem's Lot. Oh, God. That See, one. that's why that stands out so much. I mean, that's an effective bit there. Yeah. It stands up to today, I think. But Yeah. Uh, well, long before I saw a trilogy of terror, uh, they showed the trailer for it. You know, it's, it's going to be on late at night. Yeah. On BBC, and they just showed the trailer, and it was like, all I can remember is like she bangs open the door and there's someone in a mask. And I was just uh, phobic <laughs> about masks at the time. And I was just like, no. No, I don't want to <laughs> see that. I really wanted to see it, but I didn't want to see uh, it. You know? Yeah, totally. Oh, that's the best thing about horror movies is that anticipation there that you have. The, you know, like, ooh, this might be like the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah. This might break me. <laughs> I may not be able to handle something right, they show right, me. Right. And that appreh- that apprehension you have there before you watch something. And then usually you're it's totally deflated. Like, uh, there's another 70s uh, movie called Burnt Offerings. Uh-huh. Yeah. This kid we is watched in that. It. Yeah. Oh, it's the same kid. Yeah. He's, he's in Ben and Burnt Offerings. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Burnt Offerings they showed on uh, ITV, so it had commercials. Mm-hmm. And I was so glad they had commercials because I was terrified. <laughs> I think that's that was, where the cheddar that was really goblin came yeah. from. <laughs> it was uh, a break. <laughs> I think it was. I was thinking about the cheddar goblin from last week's movie, and I was like, I bet, so, I bet uh, Panos was watching something. And it was really intense and really awful. And then it cut to a fucking craft cheese commercial, mm-hmm. which totally warped the whole thing. And I think that's what he was, you know, riffing yeah. on there was like, he must have watched something awful, like Burnt Offerings, <laughs> which uh, is still a pretty good movie. Yeah, I watched it again, you know, with, yeah. you know uninterrupted. I've watched it, it a couple it was, times, it was yeah. Fine, but it terrified me. Oh, I could totally it, see but how. Want, but the point is. I was glad for the commercials to give me a breather, but then I wanted to see the next bit. You know? mm-hmm. I kept coming back. I didn't. Yeah. Well, well, it didn't scare you. Off. And, there there and, were some movies I just couldn't, just couldn't. I got up to a certain point. I just, just couldn't go any further because I, I had an actual phobia of masks. Like uh, Time Machine, I can remember the exact point. You're like, nope, I'm checking out he here. Go, he goes down in the uh, underground. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the more he, he sees the cave with his skeletons and implies what they've been doing to the people, yeah. And then the Morlocks start popping up, and that was it. Uh, no, I can tell no. you to the second when I when I no, I'm done. Watch that anymore? Absolutely. Uh, it's funny you bring up burnt offerings because I made reference to it last night because the little boy in this movie goes through the window at okay. the end, and that happens in burnt offerings, yeah. and I'm like. Man, they loved the late 70s to throw people through windows. That was like a hot stunt then. And you know, the other thing about that, they they must have just perfected the uh, sugar glass at the time to to make it look that good when it breaks. Um, Slow motion everything. Uh huh. Oh my God, the slow motion. I think they had perfected, yeah, the guy going through the sugar glass and then the the roll to the ground. Just perfect. Yeah. Where it, the kind of, the camera almost follows you down, sort of. Yeah. 
Um, cause yeah, they've used it in a bunch of movies all about that time. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the, uh, what did we want? Oh, Mandy, uh, had that deer in it. Oh yeah. And I wanted to lean over and go, look, there's that dead deer from uh, you know, I, I, the movie you, you had right. referenced, you know. Yeah, it's like Richard said, they, they have a warehouse somewhere where yeah. they, they're doing really well on dead deer robots. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I watched that bit and I thought, oh, ka-ching. Yeah. Ka-ching, here's another... <laughs> There's, there's a rental. $2,500 rental fee. There's a rental place in LA called Dapper Cadaver. <laughs> Is there? Yeah. Sweet. You can rent corpses and bones of yeah, different, different yeah, levels of... Various Indian subcontinent corpses. Right. And some of it's real and some of it's not. But, mm. but yeah, there's, a, there's an animatronic deer warehouse that's doing really well in the last few years. It's called Deers, 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 Deers. <laughs> So, Julian, you watched um, Ghost Stories, Ghost Stories, uh, which was a 2017 yeah. movie. Tell us a little about this one. Uh, so, Ghost Stories, this was a stage play which had done really well. And it. Uh, it started off in, I think, Liverpool, and then it went to London. And this was famous because uh, all you saw of it was the, the title. And then uh, nothing about the cast. It was just photos of audience reactions. Oh, okay. So it was like those old ads for The Brood and things like that. Yeah, and uh, and it was just eighty eight, 88 minutes long. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, the movie is a little longer; it's about ninety minutes. But um, they had two minutes uh, to play with. But this was like really successful, it, uh, uh, and it, you know it went on to tour, and then eventually the the guys who who worked on it uh, decided to make a, a movie of it because you know it, it, even a really successful stage play there's, yeah it's, there's only mm. so many people can see it yeah um yeah so this is like uh, uh andy nyman who who is also in the woman in black the the tv oh. version which is terrific and uh jeremy dyson who is in uh league of gentlemen okay you, you like that don't you no oh i like the comic i didn't care for the movie no, not, oh, not, no, oh, oh, not oh, extraordinary league of, Gentle- okay, league of yes. gentlemen the, the comedy series yes i do like league of gentlemen uh, and then, uh, so I, Andy, Andy Nyman, he also uh, stars in it. He plays this uh, uh, Philip Goodman, who's um, he's he's um, he carries a grudge against religion from from his Jewish father, like ostracizing his sister because she she dates uh, like the Southeast Asian boy. Mm. Uh, but anyway, he, he carries this grudge against uh, you know anything supernatural or rational. So he he becomes this uh, he he becomes a professional debunker. Okay. And uh, his hero from the seventies is this guy named uh, Charles Cameron, who had this TV show, and uh, you see a, uh, clips of it where he he debunks psychics and hauntings and things like that. I was hoping it was going to be Archie debunker. Uh, Charles Cameron has disappeared. Okay. Um. Uh, so Philip Goodman is still going, and uh, he um. Then he gets this package, and it's from Cameron, and uh, Cameron's. Uh, so he goes. He he finds this guy, and he's living on this uh, like uh, wintry, coastal, little town, and and uh, he's, he's living in this like trailer, and uh, he's got all this like hospital equipment around it. He's this really old man. Yeah. Uh, uh, not doing well financially, but he calls in um, uh, Philip Goodman. And he he says. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, I, I've, I've debunked everything just like you, but there's these three cases I never could solve. Here oh. you are. 
and he, it, it's it's really well done. He's he's kind of hostile as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he says, uh, "Here you are. Here's these three unsolved cases. You 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 uh, you figure these out and come back to me, and uh, you know you let him in into to the things and there. So uh, uh, so then, as he he, then you get the stories of these three cases. Okay, uh, interspersed with uh, uh, Philip Goodman, how he reacts to them and how that affects his life, and you pretty soon you realise that." Uh, so it's kind of like an anthology horror f- film, like Amicus or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, and, and it's very self-consciously so, but um, these stories are really about him. And uh, the main story is not just like a framing device. It is the whole story. Oh. And these, these like, uh, these individual little stories play into that and, and, uh, uh, there's always clues in it. There's things that keep recurring. You, you see these certain numbers and colors and, and background characters and things in photos and the walls and mm. mysterious figures that start cropping up at the edges and and you realize, oh, this is going somewhere else. Uh, so I don't want to give it away because it's good and you, you should check it out. Um, yes, definitely. So the first I'm story is about it's a night watchman who's in this old, it used to be an asylum. And uh, he's he's um, played by Paul Whitehouse. Uh, he he's really well known. A lot of the cast were really know well known in Britain for comedy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Paul Whitehouse was in the Fast Show. Oh, okay. And he was also a partner of uh, Harry Enfield. I uh, probably won't know him. He was a, he was an impressionist comedian. Um, that they did this re- like repeated skit called uh, Smashy and Nicey, where there were these like uh, daytime radio hosts, uh-huh. like Radio One style <laughs> hosts. And this is known as the only piece of satire in history that ever worked because they did this, uh, they, they did this like partners radio show where they're going, well, let's play the top body. And they'd be yeah. all like gushy and, you know, cliched. And like, uh, this is, uh, this is like, uh, uh, people thought that was really funny. But, oh, uh, what happened was the actual daytime DJs and Radio One who were like that at the time disappeared. That they, they were like uh, the new people came into Radio One and they just took it over and they they cleared all those people out. It was a really bitter, oh wow, disaster. And this is like back in the eighties. Well, wow. th- this is like when Beavis and Butthead made fun of hair metal and it ruined the careers of a lot of bands. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, um, so he he's really good. He's this kind of grim, kind of uh, like. Uh, he, he's obviously had some tragedies in his life and he's got this like a uh, daughter who's in this like she's got this terrible lockdown syndrome mm. and uh, he, he's kind of like a bit racist in a kind of, kind of ordinary kind of working class British yeah. way um, and uh, but anyway he's he's a night watchman in this asylum and there's things start happening in there and uh, uh and then the next one is about this like teenager who's played by Alex Law- Lawther and who's who's really afraid of demons, and he's in this oh, it's pretty scary. It's just it's just this ordinary house, but it's like one of those multi-level uh-huh. kind of suburban British houses, uh, which I remember from my childhood. Like uh, so, it'd be quite narrow. So there's lots of staircases. Yeah, it just goes into darkness. It's really scary. Ooh. but um. He's uh he's uh 
an habitual liar to his parents and uh, he's even lied about passing his driving test so he's driving the car in the woods coming back from a party and he's completely lied about where he is and and oh, being able to drive and so he's out in the woods and it breaks down and oh and man then, and then there's uh, sinister stuff happens and then the the third one you've got this uh, business financier who's who's retired to the country and he's played by Martin Freeman yeah yep you know him yep uh, a little fella uh, <laughs> hangs around with a detective yeah I believe and before that he was on Shaun of the Dead and he <laughs> was uh, in an office I think at some so, point so again he's 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 got this like uh, uh, he, family trouble like his wife is having this really difficult pregnancy uh and uh he's got this like beautiful kind of modern posh house out in the country and and some kind of poltergeist things starting to go down there Ah. pretty darn spooky uh but again like each of these little stories if you're expecting a twist ending like you get in the old amicus Mm -hmm. things doesn't happen it goes up to a certain point of like an emotional emotional reaction something scary happens then it goes back to the main thing mm. um so uh, uh but you realize it, it where it, it's all playing into to this this character and uh um so it's kind of like a so it's kind of familiar and unfamiliar at the same time it it also feels like a lot of those bbc christmas specials oh, where nice. they did that uh mr james and charles dickens stories yeah but they do this like really of um, slow burn, creepy, yeah, I like those ghost stories. Those are good. Uh, so if you like those, you like this. Oh, um, fantastic! A lot of the actual scares are kind of tropey. There's lots of jump scares and things, mm. but the real scary stuff is all the real world anxieties that, that yeah that get just building up and building up, and uh, um, uh, and the the ghosts are like uh, it sins past this you realize that something happened in this main character's life and, and you're getting clues to what's going on in his life through these stories and yeah. various things that you keep glimpsing. Um, so it, it is a, it is a lot like a, a Christmas Carol and uh, the, the signal signal one, another Dickens one about oh. night, night watchman, but it is something terrible has happened in the main character's life and, mm-hmm. and that they have repressed or they don't want to deal with. And the, uh, but it's, it, you know, it's the yeah. traditional Western ghost that's just coming back to tell them uh, to to keep them in this in this state of fear. Um, so yeah, you've got to pay attention to it. It's not something you can watch while you do the ironing. It's, oh. it's uh, yeah, there's, there's lots of clues in it and, it, and it pays off. It's what Strangers Two has on the box now. You can wa- <laughs> do all watch yeah. while doing the ironing. Movies for ironing. Yeah, I just want to put it out a box set. Yeah, movies for ironing. The, the point, the thing about doing uh, ironing while you watch a, a mediocre movie is like after an hour and a half or so, at least you've done something. You True, yeah. It. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, I, I recommend it. Um, uh, I've seen reviews where people love it and I've seen reviews where people were a bit disappointed in it because you do kind of think, oh, this is an anthology mm. horror movie and... Uh, and you can see the surface stuff, and it's just horror tropes, jump scares, and yeah. things like that. And uh, and then the final twist, you might 
oh, I've seen that before. Mm. But uh, uh, there's there's more. I think there's more interesting stuff going on. Like um, the uh, uh, Jeremy Dyson is a psychology major. There's lots of twisted psychology going into this. All right. But uh, yeah, I, I really liked it. Sounds good. It was deliciously creepy. This is Ooh. awesome. Yeah, it's a good one for Halloween. Good. And I was thinking about this. Okay, so that's clearly a recommend, and we probably should both watch this one soon. Yeah. And hey, listeners, sorry for any misunderstanding. That's only really happened twice on our show. Uh, and then there's probably another one or two times where somebody couldn't see something before we yeah, got together. Yeah, there's been a couple times I've not watched the movie. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe twice. So out of uh, what's coming up on 150 episodes, that's not bad. Yeah, 150 episodes. <laughs> Almost. Yeah, we're getting there. This is, this is I think, 147 or 148. Um, so I had a thought for next time. You're going to be watching all of the Frankenstein movies, yeah. right, Julian? I think I, what I'll do is do uh, two, a, two a week at least yeah. and go through the Universal series and then do the Hammer series. Okay. Oh, nice. Um, where do you stand on the Sting uh, the Bride. I've not seen that. Would you like to do that one for next time? I would like to see it. Have you got it? I don't, but I think I saw it, and, and this has happened before, you know, probably a couple dozen times, where I'm pretty sure I saw it on Prime, and it didn't cost uh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've, I've not been able to find it easily. I'm pretty sure it's on Prime. Okay. Uh, so if we can, uh, if not, maybe I'll just order the steel box four-disc <laughs> Blu-ray <laughs> Of it for 147 it's not that good no of course not i'm joking um but i think it'd be fun to uh maybe get to where we're about to kick off october and and mm. um and, and talk about them we started with the bry of frankenstein see there you go and this kind of would sort of nicely bookend it a bit mm-hmm. so um i would say if if you're going to do all them frankensteins in the in in a more thorough sense this would be a good one maybe to throw in there. Okay. Uh, so if that's doable, we'll do that. How's that sound to you, Will? That sounds good to me. Cool. All right. Um, so you did give this one a recommend. Yep. Ghost Stories, um, 2017. Would you recommend Dead of Night? De- um, no. Mildly? I would mildly <laughs> recommend it. Yeah. Stick um, with the 40s version. Well, yeah, or any of the other things named Dead of Night, <laughs> except perhaps The Grateful Dead. I would say go ahead and watch this if it's not going to cost you anything and you feel like if you feel nostalgic for the 70s when there was nothing but garbage on TV and they actually put something that resembled horror. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, maybe it'll give you the... as mild of Twilight Zone as this, as it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I give it a mild recommend. Yeah. All right. So that... Uh, watch Trilogy of Terror twice yeah. and mm-hmm. just... yeah. There you go. Yeah. Just watch that last story three times. <laughs> yeah, never, exactly. Never mind those other two. Um, so that probably is a good place to wrap it up. Yeah, I think so. All right, listeners, thank you for listening. Stay, Stay off the moors. moors.